time to kind of get together and still talk to you, Anthony. I'm so happy that you agreed to kind of join us for our first LinkedIn Live, despite all these mechanical difficulties. So um, yeah, do you want to just get started by introducing yourself and maybe telling us a little bit about your role as a people experience leader and what you do at E1B2? Yeah, for sure. So as you'll see on LinkedIn, uh, technically, my name is Anthony, but I'm trying to get comfortable with having everyone call me AJ. So as you'll see on LinkedIn, it's Anthony, AJ, really AJ Vaughn. Um, you know, I started my career at 19, built a built a seven figure brand with the Under Armour. It was in the athletic space. I was a former uh, American running back here. I think in Canada, they call American football, football too, right? Yeah, they call it football. It's only in like Europe where yeah, you know, okay. soccer is like the game of choice. Where yeah, I'm used to, else. yeah, I'm used to kind of talking on other platforms where other people are kind of chiming in. But um, yeah, so was a football player there, running back, came home, had some relationships with Under Armour. And next thing you know, 18 months later, I was looking at a 70 full-time person company and the rest is history. Um, built that brand for two and a half years made a few mistakes in the people operations department, employee experience department. That was the end of that business and uh, made a promise to myself that I would never make those same mistakes again. And so spent the last, what am I now? 32, 19. I can't do public math. I won't try. Um, (laughs) But uh, whatever that period of time is, more than 10 years, spent every single day till this day spending at least 45 to 60 minutes studying researching all things people ops employee experience um went on to uh, build a second brand behind the scenes around 23 went in houses ahead of people around 25 um did that into the pandemic and then when i uh when i was furloughed i that's when i kind of put my feet to the pavement again in the entrepreneurial world and built out the E1B2 Collective. That stands for Employees First, Business Second. We are, we were a collective of brands. So um, we played directly within the HR tech space, uh, the HR consulting space. And a lot of the work that we're doing is trying to number one, put employees first, based off of the reality that I didn't do that with my first brand. Um, And then what we're really trying to do is bring innovations to the space and do so in a very simplistic way. So we tackle the recruiting space, the communication space, um, the employee experience space, the hiring space, leadership, behavior, anything to do with HR, people ops, human beings trying to do better inside of a company. Um, I have a few thoughts and perspectives on that, and and that's the DNA of the business. Finally, I also have a a podcast, which is uh, 700 plus episodes, um, and then I do a bunch of speaking and writing and um, yeah, I'm a little bit of a bunch of different things. So there it I is. I love it. I love it. I love how E1B2 is kind of like this holistic approach to employee experience. You have HR, you have people experience, you have people ops, you have like all these kinds of things, but they all play into the same goal, right? Like focusing on your employees. Um, so I guess you have like a lot of experience building out companies and building out your own company from scratch. And how has that experience shaped your understanding of what is employer brand? Yeah. So every time you build a brand and you recruit, let's say the first 20 or 30 folks, frankly, anybody, you know, anyone mm-hmm. that you bring in, whether it's the first 20 or 30 or hundreds or thousands, there's a certain digital footprint. There's a certain perspective 
that folks have when they're first viewing your company, right? A quick quick Google search, uh, LinkedIn search, um, whatever the JD is going to say or, or be. And so I think throughout my time building these brands, I've realized that it's incredibly important for me to, I think, have an aesthetic point of view of the brand that is positive, that is intriguing. But then I think as I've gotten deeper into the world, and I don't think the employer branding world is caught up yet, I started to realize that being attractive aesthetically as a brand is not always the best thing long term, right? And so, and, and so I always relate it to like human beings. I, you know, we've all been on dates, no matter who we decide to date. And let's all be honest, aesthetically, that's kind of the first thing we think of, right? How do they aesthetically look? But I think we could all can admit aesthetics go out the window once you actually get to know a person. And they could be as beautiful as ever, but if their attitude is not so pleasant and aesthetically ple- or, or pleasing, if the day-to-day interaction with that person is not um, connected and not um, not integrated the way you would like to have spend time with that person, that's where problems lie. And that's the same thing in business. So you can have the best glitz and glamours, the best benefits, the best compensation packages, the best website, the best everything aesthetically but if the day-to-day interactions in the company are not integrated or not aligned with that new hire that you're bringing into the company that's a problem and so i'll wrap it all up by saying what i've realized by building my own brands is it's incredibly important to be viscerally honest no matter if you're just disclosing bad or indifferent information because inevitably the best employee in the world on paper or even tactically will leave your company eventually if it's not aligned with where they want to be, no matter how aesthetically pleasing the company looks like on the surface. Um, I know that was a lot, but. No, 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 I love that. And I like how you compared like sort of the aesthetic appeal of a company versus the day-to-day operations. I think nowadays that the aesthetic kind of, you know, the images, the identity, the character of the company, something that we see, you know, when we Google it or, or look at the LinkedIn page, but we also go in like glass door reviews and that's where employees come in. Like they're giving feedback, they're mm-hmm. sharing their experience at that company. So it's so important to actually frame their experience or ensure that they have a great experience at your company. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's where my, my second question comes in is how do you think employees fit in building the employer brand and how are internal communications connected to that? So how do I think employees fit into that? Yeah. Like how so, can they contribute to building that employer brand from within? Well, well I'll, I'll shift it a little bit, but then I'll answer your question directly. Um, and, and I know companies are doing this. So please, if anyone's watching or listening, um, admit to yourself privately that if you're someone that sits within HR, you probably have done this at, at times. The number one thing that we can do is actually give employees a great experience. Like actually have the day-to-day be what they're looking for because then when you go and ask them to record a video for your employer branding initiatives or to um, jump on an internal communications initiative that's gonna be rolling out to other employees or maybe even helping them roll out some communications to new hires and recruits, um, that information will be true, right? Because if you're actually giving the employees uh, an experience that will behoove them, then you have no worry in the world when they're going out and, and, and speaking on, on behalf of the brand from an employer branding perspective. And the reason why I did a call out to certain HR leaders is because I know every HR leader kind of like cherry picks the employees that they feel will give the best point of view of the company exactly. out into the world. 
And look, I'll give you guys a secret. You don't have to cherry pick if you just honestly tell the if you're just honestly creating a great experience. You could ask any of the employees and all of the employees will give an authentic and true perspective. So that's the number one thing. I think the second thing is creating creating a psychological safety with those employees as well and putting employees in a position to be viscerally honest, even if there are some indifferent and potentially even confusing or bad variables. Um, I think putting employees in a position to be honest, to be transparent, to speak authentically, I think companies need to wake up and realize you're hiring human beings. Human beings are attracted to authenticity. If you look at some of the greatest musicians in the world, the reasons why some of the greatest musicians have an audience is because they're being vulnerable, they're being honest. The pop stars that are very superficial, they don't last. And I think we all can admit that. And so do not be afraid if your employees are being authentic and honest and create that psychological safety blanket around them to be able to do so. So those would be my, my thoughts. I totally agree. And in fact, like, I think engaging with the negative feedback is what's going to help you find out, okay, this is where we're going wrong. This is what we could change. Instead of like, if you're looking at the glowing reviews, that's where you're going to, you know, you're not going to get an authentic idea of what your brand, what people are seeing in your brand when they're looking inwards. So I'm going to throw this one out there. What are some companies that you think have a really great employer brand? Sorry for the slight interruption, dealing with a little bit of technical difficulties. Enjoy the episode. Employees are known to talk about the first in Starbucks, like they have a great careers page, but they also have a glass door profile where, you know, employees are talking about uh, how they their daily experience at the company. So revealing kind of the operations and how how they're doing day to day there. Yeah, I was actually going to go. I was actually going to say Starbucks, but I was was actually also going to kind of give. I'll give myself for a second and then the competitor to beyond brand a little bit of a nod. <laughs> Frankly, so so I'll say Starbucks as my answer, but then I'll give a holistic point of view. Any company that utilizes a beyond brand-esque approach or before you apply approach, that's the other competitor to beyond brand. I'm sure we'll get into it. And essentially what those two brands do is they allow and support organizations to be honest through video. So they put employees and or leaders and managers in a position to be very vulnerable and very honest. So very similar to what you were saying with Starbucks, I think any company that is doing that, putting employees and or managers in a position to be transparent, those are probably the companies I would say are doing the best at employer branding because you want to have employer branding give you a significant ROI to your retention numbers. You want to have employer branding give you a significant ROI to bringing down your your new hire attrition or your new hire um, satisfaction scores and ratings. You want, you want to be able to connect that KPI and the ROI at a real sticky, tangible level that you can connect dollars and cents to it. <clears throat> employer branding, I think, is still playing at too high of a level. We need to start baking in some more authenticity so it really hits the bank account positively. So um, Starbucks and then I think some brands like what I'm building can help those other brands that are trying to be trying to be more honest with employer branding. Got it. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's a, a great answer because honesty, like, the employee or job seekers, they're still going to find out what's going on when they join the company, yep. but they're going to be in for a surprise, right? If your employer brand doesn't reflect what's actually going in there and what your employees, when they join, you know, they'll start talking about. Like- so 
Sorry for the slight interruption, dealing with a little bit of technical difficulties. Enjoy the episode. concrete strategies that you have um, for building an authentic employer brand and with the help of employees. Yeah, so I'll probably stick right on, um, I'll probably stick right on kind of the work that I'm doing right now. So I think the first strategy, bar none, is really putting, really putting managers inside of companies in the position to be very, very honest. And what I mean by that tactically is I believe, number one, that the head of people, the head of recruiting should have the capability of being a facilitator of honesty, right? So the number one tactic I can say is put every single head of people or head of talent in a position to create certain categories that are more deep than the surface level general things like benefits and compensation and uh, the perks of being inside the company, the foosball tables, the the, the, the hybrid working environment that we're now looking at in a, in a 2022 world. Allow those heads of talent and, and HR directors to create new categories, right? Where it's like, hey, let's break down decision-making models here. Let's break down our internal communication strategies and processes that can actually give a new hire a potential insight to how the internal comms are going to be. Let's go into our workflows at a very tangible level. So I think having your head of talent and your head of people have the autonomy to create some more authentic categories in the surface level categories will be my first tactic. The second tactic and the third tactic probably would be um, realizing that video and podcasting world are some of the best mediums now that we need to start playing in. And so I think employer brand. Yeah. So, you know, employer branding has been playing in a lot of different categories creatively. I think utilizing those two mediums and creating a lot of authenticity and streamlining those those technologies and those tools uh, are a really good idea. And then I think the fourth thing would probably be putting a lot of employees in the position to, again, provide those detailed points of views and perspectives by creating that psychological safety. So having the head of people tactically have a one-on-one meeting with managers in each department, and then those managers of a department of 10 say, hey, it's okay to be honest here, and here are some of the variables and some of the categories that we're going to highlight, and maybe let's go through a test run. I want to hear how you're going to you know, announce it and, and, and describe it, but it's okay for us to you know, call out that we don't have our DEI strategy within this team quite figured out yet, and here's what we're trying to do to fix that. It's okay to be honest and vulnerable. Um, and then I think the, the last thing I would say is build out an employer branding initiative via these platforms, podcast, video, to allow it to be an on-demand experience that candidates can view and experience ongoing. And what I mean by that is as they're in the interview process, allow that technology or that tool to be at the applicant's disposal throughout the entire process to be able to go in, click different categories, really hear one, two, three, four, five minute perspectives from their future supervisors, from their potential, you know, uh, co-workers, and really be able to hear that and be able to look at that prior to an interview or a meeting. Um, I think a lot of employer branding initiatives today, again, are a little super high level, and it doesn't help an applicant prepare for the interview authentically. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And it's 
it's kind of like yeah you this is what we want on paper this is what what we kind of are looking for but how is it to interact with this employee like how how am i going to feel interacting with my coworkers how am i going to feel interacting with my manager day to day and i love what you i love what you said about like collecting that real feedback because you know even if you're not able to act on it right away even if like you know an employee comes back and they say okay we want more of this more of that just letting them know like making an announcement or sending this in your newsletter that you know that we're hearing you out this is what you guys have told us mm-hmm. and this is how we plan we're going to try to do something about this we're going to create a plan of action for that and that already i think is going to get your employees to you know to say to talk about your um company differently and just build that brand advocacy at the end of the day i think that's kind of what what employee branding is so. 100% 100% Awesome. Okay, AJ. So we're almost going to wrap up, but I like to kind of end these sorts of chats by asking what are from our whole conversation, what is, you know, two to three takeaways that you really have that you want our audience to walk away with and understand about building an authentic employer brand? Uh, Number one, you need to work very hard to connect employer branding to uh, the following metrics you needed to you need to be able to track and connect it to um, new hire churn. You know you want to make sure that number stays incredibly low. Um, new hire feedback in the first ninety days, and then in the first six months you want to be able to connect that all the way back to your employer branding. Um, I think your your year to two year retention numbers of some of those new hires. So you know if you're if you're hiring a new cohort of employees. And in uh, and, and Q1, you want to be able to look in Q1 in the following year and look back and see how many of these employees are actually still here and have contextual one-on-one conversations around what was said during the employer branding initiatives that actually were true, right? Like, like look back and say, okay, what do we share? How vulnerable were we? And what rang true for some of those employees around why they are still here? And what rang true around things that we didn't bring up around why employees left? And look at those numbers and those details. And then I'll think the other thing that I'll leave you all with is um, really realize and appreciate the fact that you're ahead of people and you're ahead of talent. They have skill sets and perspectives that are not being utilized. And I think if any leader right now goes to their head of talent or their head of people and ask them very directly or their head of employer branding for that matter, depending on the scale of your company, um, and you ask them directly, what initiatives, what programs, what what tactics are we not utilizing or best practice that we're not utilizing that you wish you could have utilized or or could do? They're going to start rambling off a list of those <laughs> and put at least 60% of those into work. I want to see more leaders give um, the folks that are stewing in employer branding um, more of a creative lens, more, uh, more higher budgets to be able to actually do the great work. Stop looking at your competitors and pretty much copying what you see them do and start to do what's best for your people. And the only way that you can do that is by going to, again, previous new hires that are now a year, two years, three years and say, if you were to come to the company all over again, what do you wish you could share? Like, honestly, what would you share with the new hire behind the scenes at a cocktail after their first week? Like, what would you actually say like, Look, they're not going to tell you this, but here's the reality of what's actually happening here. We want to know that information so we can put that out to the world so we can reduce some of that new hire churn. So so things like that um, would, would really help, you know, and tactically. 
Yeah, that kind of remind me. I forgot what the term was. I think like barbecue feedback or something. It's how you would talk about your company where you work at a barbecue. Like, would yeah. you tell people that yeah. I love my job? Yeah. Or, like, I hate my job. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. And I really like the idea of like taking recent hires and creating like segmenting a survey just for them and asking for their feedback. Uh, because they they have this fresh in their memory, right? Yeah. I mean, they've recently been hired somewhat, so they can really give you that tangible feedback that you can actually act on. Right. And in the end, that's what's going to give you the ROI, and that's what's going to help you make a case for investing more in your employee branding and people experience and so oh. on. So thank you so much, AJ. It was really mm-hmm. great talking to you, and yeah. I really apologize to our audience and yourself for some mechanical difficulties no. at the start, but I hope that um, this was a valuable conversation and everyone was able to get something from uh, this chat. I'll also be posting the recording on our LinkedIn, so for anyone who missed the start, we'll be able to join that way so thank you everyone again and see you soon bye take care